Hello and welcome to episode number 68 of the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. Got a really cool topic that I wanted to talk about today, which was inspired by an email I received, um, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago now. And the person asked to remain anonymous, so I will keep it that way, of course. But the topic was really interesting because it's something that's come up a few times fairly recently. And I've experienced, Phil's experienced it, so as we're both Mandarin learners ourselves, we've experienced this a few times and it's not fun. It's the experience of essentially becoming overwhelmed with uh, just too much reviews for flashcards or too much to do or, um, and that this is sort of underpinned by a feeling of I'm not progressing enough or I'm, I'm, I'm putting in effort and it's not, it's not happening for me. I'm gonna go into the sort of main points about this person's email, uh, keeping it fairly vague, but it's just something that I think really should be addressed here because I like to think that we don't just offer a great way of learning Chinese. We offer a unique perspective from two guys that have learned Chinese to a decent level of fluency and literacy themselves and had a lot of problems and issues along the way and sort of we can empathize a lot with you guys. Um, and this is something I, I personally really empathize with. So essentially this person uh, made it, has made it very far into our course. So there are 57 levels of the brand new sort of extended course that we have. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the Mandarin Blueprint method, please go and check it out on mandarinblueprint.com, of course. Sign up for a seven day free trial. But essentially the course teaches you how to read Chinese characters, uh, how to understand through listening, of course. And it's all about getting comprehensible input as quickly as possible because that's what actually leads to fluency. And we've talked about this millions of times. I'm going to go into the details of that. Uh, and that's for many other podcasts you can check out. We've talked about that, including my last one on how to reach fluency in six months. But this person was, I'm, I'm on level 23 and I'm, uh, I'm having, a, you know, which is incredible progress, by the way, incredible. Um, but this person was finding him, uh, himself just, I'm not remembering the characters, um, or at least I'm not remembering the characters from the recent few levels. And I'm, I want to get this comprehensible input that you keep talking about, which is basically, I want to be able to read and listen and understand Chinese quickly, just like you say. And I can't, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm getting there quick enough. And I looked at this person's uh, records, and there's, he hadn't been on the, on, the uh, on the course more than a few months, and he's just been smashing his way through. And uh, I, the first thing I said to the guy was, you have done amazingly well <laughs> so far, first of all. Just because you're starting to forget car like a few things right now doesn't mean that you're not making incredible progress. So first of all, take a step back and just congratulate on yourself on that. And then I started looking into a little bit more about this person's lifestyle, you know, just, and this person works 50 hours a week. <laughs> this person's working 50 hours a week and trying to become literate and fluent in Mandarin Chinese in, a, in, in essentially a few months. He wants to get to the point where he can read and understand Chinese in a few months. Now, <clears throat> this is something that's come up. If you, if you watch uh, an interview with one of our star students, uh, Sandy Samy, or I think that's how you pronounce her name, Sammy Samy, from Egypt, <clears throat> she, she basically, we, we, uh, Phil found her on Quora, I believe. 
And she wanted to pass the HSK3 in six months. <clears throat> and she was asking, is that possible? And Phil found her by chance. He said, we'll give you uh, free access to the course if you can do that. <clears throat> basically, she took on the challenge and she made her way through the entire foundational course. Um, so all of the characters learned, all of the words learned, I think in six, in, in just around in less than two months. I can't, I, Phil did the, the interview process, go and check it out. But essentially it was just unbelievable progress. But as human beings, and we're all like this, I think, we have this sort of aspect to us, which is no matter how amazing something is that you've experienced or that maybe you've, uh, I don't know, you got rich or um, you, you always got a present that you always wanted for Christmas and you got it. As soon as you get it, it's just normal now. <laughs> it takes like about an hour or like a day or a couple of days. And then you get used to this new life situation. And then you're bored with it and you want to move on to something else. Or you, you take it for granted and then you want to move on to the next thing, you know, the next dream. And uh, Sandy was basically like, oh, I can't really read sentences very well. She could read sentences after like two months in Chinese without help and understand the meaning. But it just took her a while. It was a bit difficult. <laughs> um, and she found it a challenge and then I remember Phil said was just like what you've done do you realize how amazing what you've done is you've learned 600 characters reading writing understanding you've basically basically an, a thousand words um, and you've started to understand Chinese in like less than two months from zero pretty much zero I think it's like, do you not realize how amazing that is that's it's incredible um, and that's why I, th I think people just get used to the course. And I don't want to keep, you know, uh, boasting about the course or anything like that. But it is really effective. And it's like people can join the course and they get used to the speed at which they learn characters and words and grammar and all this stuff. And they're like, well, why aren't I fluent yet? Or why aren't I literate yet? Or why aren't I this literate? I want to, I don't know, I'm, I'm literate, but I'm not that literate. It's like, mate, it's been a few months. <laughs> You've just started and you're already reading Chinese. Just take a step back and appreciate that, you know? Um, uh, so that's the first thing. It, give yourself pats on the back once you make progress, whether you're on the course or not. Take a step back every now and then and just appreciate your progress, right? Um, so that's, that's the first thing. Another thing that was happening was, um, this person was unlocking too many cards, <clears throat> just taking on way too much. And let's not forget working 50 hours a week, right? And that's, that's enough for it. I mean, and I said to, I said to the guy, I was like, oh, when I was learning Chinese, yes, I, there was a point once I found a good method, like th this method, essentially what you're, you're all using, <clears throat> what is now the Mandarin Blueprint method. Once I found a style of, of learning that really worked for me, I put in like two or three hours a day, focused learning and reviewing all that stuff. But I had a part-time job. I remember I downgraded. I was in China, first of all, which is another advantage, I suppose. And I, down, I, I, I knew I wanted to focus on this. So <clears throat> I, went to a, I moved into a smaller apartment that was cheaper, in a cheap part of the city. Um, and I got a part-time job instead of a full-time job. And I devoted more time to what I was doing. So I knew I wouldn't be able to handle it. I'm not that, I'm pretty lazy guys, to be honest. Like I need, I can only put in a certain amount of focus time per day. I'm not sure if you're the same, but that's me. Um, three hours is my, pretty much my maximum in terms of like study time, you know? Um, so, 
and I was just like looking at this person. I was like, you, you're working so much, and you're also giving yourself this incredibly uh, strong, like sort of difficult goal of, you know, essentially reaching fluency in I don't know how many months, but very quickly. It's a lot to ask of yourself, um, and because he, he puts so much pressure on himself to progress quickly. He wasn't properly doing the course, essentially. It was so, it wasn't properly learning the characters, taking his time and reviewing and making sure that he, he you know, uh, he actually could recall every aspect of the character and, and made a proper movie scene in his mind. Again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're not on the course. We make movies using mnemonic visualization techniques to learn characters quickly. Um, and he, <laughs> he essentially, was just taking on too much and, and getting a bit slapdash with it, just sort of trying to, just clicking through and not really, really absorbing it. And then, because he, he wanted to get to the, the the really, really fun part, which is, oh my God, I'm actually reading Chinese and understanding it. He wanted to get there, but without, I guess, doing the groundwork necessary, which I completely understand. I would have, I would have probably done a similar thing. Um, so anyway, th this was, this what this uh, inspired me to talk about was, <clears throat> The stress when you're learning, having a having a any sort of stress is so detrimental to your progress, your motivation, um, and is that there's actually a lot of linguistic research out there that suggests that any kind of stress, no matter, will, will sort of negate all of your results, all of your gains, as it were, from language learning, um, no matter how good your methods are. So no matter how how good your methods are, uh, and I personally believe that our methods are the best, of course, even if you're using the Mandarin Blueprint method, which is really effective for learning characters, words, and grammar, and all this sort of stuff, even if you have that and we give you all the clear instructions, and you have all the tools like the flashcards and everything else, and our personal support through the podcast and all this sort of stuff, even with all that, and maybe even if you had an amazing tutor as well to train you on, on the side, and all this sort of stuff, Despite all that, if you don't have a positive mindset, if you have some sort of stress that's affecting you, it will negate a lot of your um, results. So this is largely based on, well, not just personal experience, I've also experienced this, but it's based on a lot of research by Dr. Stephen Krashen, who, as you guys know, if you listen to this podcast and follow us, that we... We, we admire him greatly, and he's actually a huge inspiration for how we've structured the course overall. And uh, there's a few aspects to the uh, this that I want to talk about. He calls it the affective filter. So basically, he did a lot of studies where he'd have uh, kids with a similar in the same class with the same teacher with a similar sort of IQ level and uh, and all this sort of similar uh, traits between them, but one would perform way higher, one would perform way worse way higher one performed better one performed worse and after a lot of study he he started looking into their backgrounds and he'd find out things like oh the child that was doing worse you know parents had recently been through a divorce or you know he was being bullied or something like this like there was something going on in their lives that was causing them stress and that would cause the language not to go in. So there's a few things I want to just list for you, just a few basic points about mindset and how to maintain a positive mindset 
and just get more gains, get more efficient results from the effort that you're putting into your study. And so the first thing is set realistic and smart goals. So this is one of the very few things that I sort of remember from school, that idea of smart goals. Specific. So make sure your goals are specific, not I want to become fluent in Mandarin Chinese. Say I want to learn this many words or this many characters. Okay, so you know, be really specific about it, or as specific as you can. Uh, I want to pass one of the HSK exams sometime. No, I want to pass the HSK six in a year, uh, or this time by this time next year. <clears throat> you know, measurable is the M. You know, make sure it's a time, or uh, if it's, you know, you want to do more listening, set a specific amount of listening time per day and time yourself. You know, I want to do, you know, I want to listen thirty minutes a day to a certain podcast. I mean a Chinese, but not this one, for certain Chinese podcasts for input. Um, <clears throat> make it numeric, have, have, have measurable stuff in there. Uh, achievable, right? So, you know, it, there are many things that are achievable uh, and probably you can achieve much more than you think, but you have to also take into account your lifestyle and your personality and who, who you are and just, you, you know, think about that. So if you, you're like the person I mentioned, you've got 50 hours a week and you're a beginner, saying I want to pass the HSK six in six months is a bit unrealistic because it's just, I mean, you might be able to do it. I don't know. It might be humanly possible, but I don't think so. Uh, and even if you did, you'd probably almost kill yourself trying to do it. So be realistic and you know shoot for the stars, but aim for one of the closer stars. That's what I'd say. Um, have realistic goals, what is it, what is it? Uh, measurable, achievable, uh, uh, relevant, there we go, relevant. So this is a, one that often, people often miss. So relevant basically, is this goal, this goal that I'm setting, this sort of smaller goal, actually gonna reach my larger goal? You know, so uh, a good example might be, have, I don't know, three sessions with my tutor like what, okay, so that's a goal, but have three sessions with my tutor every week for the next six months. Okay, what about if your tutor is rubbish? <laughs> um, what about if you're using your tutor in a bad way? Um, basically, is that tutor gonna get to your larger goal of fluency and literacy in Mandarin Chinese? So this sort of, this area is a bit tougher because how do you know, you know, that's sort of where we come in. So we're happy to give you advice on that. You can feel free to send us your goals in and we can help with uh, sort of saying whether or not they're relevant or uh, if you need any sort of tweaks with them or suggestions, we're happy to look at them. Uh, and the last one, of course, is timed, which I've already mentioned. So make sure they're smart, uh, smart, smart uh, goals and uh, make sure that you review your goals daily as well. And you can set short-term, medium-term and long-term goals. So long-term goal, of course, something like, again, just using HSK as an example because this is what I had. The HSK six pass that in one year or two years or whatever it is. Don't go any more than say three years. It just gets a bit ridiculous then. But you want to have a long term goal and also fluency in two years is still a terrible goal as well because what does fluency mean, right? So you say I want to be fluent in Chinese in two years. So, well, how fluent? Check out my last podcast where I just sort of define what fluency is. That's just another example just popped into my head there. Let's be careful with that sort of goal. Review them daily. 
um, I used to follow this sort of self-help guy called Brian Tracy, and he actually used to say to write down your goals by hand every day. Have about 10 major goals and write them down every day. This is sort of more longer-term goals. So, so you have your daily goals, which you should write down anyway, or type or whatever. But writing down by hand, there's some sort of connection there. There's, with your hand and your brain, it, it just sort of works. I did that, and you know, I reached my goal of the HSK in a year, uh, HSK 6 rather, from where I was at that time. Um, also, another thing is, with your mindset, get your priorities right. Think about the hierarchy of needs, right? So when we used to do live classes, we, we used to set sort of kind of like homework. You know, we get people to review, to make certain flashcards in a certain way and review certain amount and we'd, we'd check in with them week to week. And every now and then people would just come in and say, uh, no, my mum was sick. I had to go back and visit her. Sorry. Like, what are you saying sorry for? <laughs> like Chinese is the very, very top of your hierarchy of needs. Um, and Maslow, if you want to look it up, basically it's just like, you know, remember that, that sort of, that's another thing I sort of remember from school. Yay. Where you have like, okay, food, <laughs> I need to be able to eat and have shelter and all this sort of stuff. And then, oh, and then I can worry about, you know, uh, making money and things like, I, I forget what it was basically, but basically at the top is self-actualization. It's like reaching your personal goals. That's, that's Chinese at the very top. It's a great goal to have, but you've got to make sure you, you're, you know, you've got somewhere to live and like your family are okay and all that sort of stuff. If you've got major problems going on in your life, of course, maybe Chinese uh, should take a back seat to it. On the other hand, if your methods are so effective and you're addicted to them, they can actually be a stress reliever. So that's sort of my thoughts on the hierarchy of needs or priorities. Um, the next one, and this is starting to get a bit preachy on this one, so I'm going to just take it easy, but sleep, exercise and diet. If you're going out like I did when I first got to China, you know, going out drinking and stuff like I, I mean, you're going to lower your gains massively. Um, sleep is really important. Obviously, that's when your brain apparently really starts making those connections that you build. That's why studying before you sleep is really useful as well. Um, and exercise. Exercise for me and for a lot of people is like a linchpin. And uh, Phil exercises every single day without fail. He doesn't know, like Dave Goggins, no zero days. Crazy. I'm not that that level, but exercise is like one of those domino effect ones. If you stop exercising, it sort of messes up all your other habits and vice versa. It fixes everything if you just do it. But, but again, I'm, that's it. I'm going to move straight over because I don't like, this is not a life coach thing, right? I'm certainly not in the position to <laughs> train you guys on how to live your lives. I'm going to go straight past that one. Um, the next one is don't take yourself too seriously. I, this happens a lot with Chinese. I, I'm very guilty of this. I was rather. I'm not anymore. Um, I used to take myself very seriously with my Chinese. And, and it, I think because it takes so much effort and time and I'd never really put effort into anything else in my life that much um, <clears throat> that was related to learning anyway. And... Uh, it was, it, it, this happens a lot with foreigners in China and just people that learn Chinese, they, they invest a lot of their ego into it because it's, I guess it's difficult and it, it's, it's very, um, invo it's, yeah, so you get what I'm saying, right? It's, so people can get very, um, very upset when they find that someone doesn't understand them or when they find that they get criticized um, or laughed at even, right? And Chinese people are very polite, much more polite than we are in terms of, Oh, this person is trying to speak Chinese. But yeah, you get laughed at, especially if they're your friends, <laughs> right? And I got I used to get like upset 
buy it, you know? And it's just silly because, again, you're going to suck at Chinese at the beginning. And even when you do get really good, if you ever get really good at it, you're still going to have days where you're rubbish at it. Just like I have days when I'm rubbish at English. Um, and I can't seem to get a point across. You know, it happens, right? So laugh at yourself. <laughs> Don't take yourself too seriously. Um, another one is uh, have fun resources and diverse resources. Have lots of stuff on your phone, on your laptop, or books by your bed, by the toilet, right? All this stuff around you. Not just your environment has to be in Chinese. This is some sort of going into the realms of immersion now, which is sort of another topic I might go into in another podcast. But have diverse stuff around you. Comics, podcasts, TV shows, and invest your time in exploring them. So that can, I know it doesn't technically count as study time, but... You should invest a certain amount of time per week or per day even looking for cool stuff. <clears throat> Sorry, my as you can tell, my throat is uh, not too too good right now. Yeah, so that's, if, if you, you're changing your environment and you that's what, that's what it counts as, you know, having all of these cool resources available at your fingertips. So whenever you do have the moment to study Chinese, you can have fun doing it and you can do it anytime within seconds, you can access it. Oh, fancy listening to that guy again, you know, get that podcast open. Um, and make sure your resources are enjoyable. If you're not enjoying your, your resources, something needs to change very quickly. You need to either, like, even with flashcards, for example. So there are certain things. If you're not enjoying a certain character flashcard from our course or a word flashcard, you still need to learn that character word. So you can't just delete them, right? But you can improve them. How you? Why do you not like this card? Why do you feel negative emotions when it comes up? It's probably because you haven't, you need to maybe, uh, you don't know it and it's bothering you. So you need to spend some more time and effort learning it properly. Um, make, a, make a new movie scene in your mind. Make a new mnemonic link to the word. Make, find one or two new images, okay? Do lots of different, uh, you, can, you can do lots of different things to make your, yourself enjoy it. Now, if it's a sentence, for example, sentences are essentially infinite. So if it's not one of the required sentences from our course, just delete it or just suspend it or just stop reviewing it. Uh, you can always improve it later. And this goes for all sorts of content that you listen to, whether it's TV shows, uh, movies, uh, comics. You're like, oh, this TV show sucks, or this comic's not fun. A lot of the time, it's just because you're not good enough yet. Right? It's not quite for your level. If you just drop it and come back to it in six months, as long as you keep consistently learning and reviewing, you'll probably, be, you'll probably enjoy it more. That's what I found a lot as well. So that's very important. Um, and... Last couple of things, just I've written down some points here. As you can see, I was sort of just like referring to them. No zero days. Phil's done an entire podcast about this. And like I said, he does this. He's like lives this for himself with exercise. Um, and he also did, I don't know if he still does it like he's Anki every day, but um, he, I was pretty obsessed with Anki back in the day when I was really like, and I thought I was really good at it and I, I was very on point with it. But Phil would never miss a day, never. Never miss a single review day ever. Um, <clears throat> no zero days is very important because if you have a zero day, it's it's your it can be a domino effect. You can miss the next day and the next day and the, and so on. So when you get to the end of your day and you've been really busy, crazy day, and you're ah oh, I haven't studied my Chinese. I've got like three hundred reviews built up on my flashcards, or I've got I just haven't done anything, and I feel I need to always make sure that you're today you're a little bit better at Chinese than you were yesterday even if it's a tiny, tiny bit. So just go and look at, read one sentence. Just do one thing. 
learn one character, learn one word, or just look at one sentence and that's enough, right? And then go to bed, as long as you don't have a zero day. Okay, so that's, that's basically it. So all this is to say the effective filter or this, this thing, any sort of negativity can, it will make sure that all the effort you've spent that day, if you're feeling bad or you're, you're feeling not, you're not having fun, you're not, you're demotivated, it will sort of negate all of your effort that you put in. And like, we don't want, we don't want that. You want to get into a flow state when you study. You don't want to be bored. You don't want to be anxious. You want to just be in the moment learning. So um, please, if you're having issues with this, like this advice is not enough for you, you need some more specific stuff, get in touch at contact at mandarinblueprint.com. We'd be happy to help. So <laughs> I went, that went on a lot longer than I thought. Sorry about that. Um, it's just that we, we had a crazy amount of uh, comments this week, um, particularly from one student uh, who I'll uh, mention in a bit, but we had 26 movies this week, um, just comments, people uh, writing movie scenes for learning characters, which is incredible. Don't have time to go into all of them today. Um, I'm gonna now just move into the general emails and stuff like that that we've had. So I'll just jump into that now. So the first email we had was from Jeffrey Herzog, and he says, I can remember the characters and tones. Anki is amazing too. To be honest, I was skeptical from all your ads and videos talking about how great the method is. As a musician and entrepreneur, I deal a lot with advertisements and sales, me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Uh, I thought it was all talk, but y'all have come through on every promise about success and progress. I'm sorry to have doubted you because my Chinese is improving so much and I can see milestones being met. Thank you to all of you. Oh, that's great to hear. And yeah, like we're, we're, like we're, we're good at making the course. Maybe we're not <laughs> as good at selling it, right? We're just like, hey everyone, this is the best thing. Just just buy it. We're very sort of entrepreneur in that way. So it's like, why aren't you buying my thing? What's wrong with you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're working, our, we're working on that to make our marketing better and better every day. Um, we recently hired an awesome team to help us with that as well. So uh, hopefully we'll come across as more believable, more trustworthy as uh, as we improve on that. But that's great. Thanks very much, Jeffrey. Really appreciate that, mate. Um, next one here is from uh, JA on New Vocabulary Unlocked Guan Xin. So in Phil's podcast, the very last podcast, uh, JA was like, what Guan Xin literally means closed heart. Like, how can I connect to this word? Like, wh what does that even mean? Because the whole idea is, oh, you learn characters, that makes learning words easier because you can see the logical connection. But sometimes the logic is sort of lost on you, right? And that's completely understandable. Because maybe it uses a meaning of the character that you just sort of, you've never seen before, you, you didn't learn. And, you know, it can be, anyway, Phil gave a very nice long explanation for this. Uh, as like how to think about Guan Xin, uh, and Jay's just responding to that. So thanks, Phil, for taking the time to provide such a clear and thorough answer. That was a perfect explanation. Thinking private club with restricted membership, Guan Xin makes it very sensible. Interestingly, I had no problem formulating a very similar concept for Guan Xi, which means connections, relationships, from the first time I saw it. Whatever reason, though, Heart had me think my thinking stuck where relationship didn't. Yeah, so Gwen literally means closed heart, and the meaning means to uh, care about someone. 
Yeah, and my thinking stuck where relationship didn't. The mind works in weird and wonderful ways, yes. Which is why all of your comments are so helpful, much more helpful than you might imagine on the course. Uh, one of the things that I really appreciate about the course you have laid out is not getting bogged down in literal translations. I think that tack will, I think that means tactic, right. will help us all not get caught in too many traps like this by trying to think in English and speak in Chinese. And like you, I find myself attracted to the straightforward nature of a lot of the Chinese formulations. Yeah, tell me about it. With this method and your insights, I believe I may one day be able to understand and use humor in a second language. That would be wonderful. Yes. Yes, it's awesome. It is really fun. That is, I think uh, Phil actually mentioned this himself uh, on a podcast uh, fairly recently. It's like when you can make someone laugh in, uh, in Chinese, that's, that's just the best feeling ever. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So just, just a couple of emails this week. No, not that much. Um, now we're going to jump into, well, not, not much to say in course updates again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just not much going on. We've just, uh, you know, it's the holidays and things like that fills away. So this particular week, we're just, you know, the, the course expansion is almost there, um, which is fantastic. Uh, it's just, we just need to film the uh, film. So record all the audio for the last few levels for the sentences and things like that. And we will be done. Uh, all of the oh, all of the Google slides are ready as well. So we've got all of the phase four and phase five short stories, dialogues, opinions, and full stories from phase five all changed into um, Google slides so they can be accessible. Now, one thing I wanted to mention is the work offline thing with these Google slides doesn't seem to work that well. So what you can do is you can go into the Google Slides and you can just download the Google Slides as a PDF. And of course the audio doesn't work, but because it's just a PDF, but what you can do is go into the course and download the audio from there or just play it directly into in the lessons. So you can have this audio on your phone and as long as it's all labeled well and organized, you can access it everything from anywhere. You can go and read and listen on the go. So that's what I would do. Um, mainly listening. I'm not. Uh, I prefer listening to reading, but do both if you can. Uh, that's that's how. I, and you will just. Oh, that, that reminds me. Another quick. Another question that popped up. I can't remember where it came from. So sorry about that. But someone said, "Oh, you know, what do I do like with this stuff? Like, like what what do I do with all these these uh this reading and listening material that I can now understand? Do I just listen randomly? Because we don't really." It's one of the few parts of the course that we don't sort of regiment very well. We don't say, okay, do this, this, this. For the entire course, we're saying, learn this component, now this character, now this word, now this sentence. Just, we're just telling you exactly what to do. But then once it gets to the, the free content, the, the sort of listening and reading content, we just sort of let you do what you want. Uh, and maybe we should have some direction for you on that. But this guy was basically like, okay, well, what do I do? Do, do I read and listen three times a day, like once an hour? Like, well, what do I do? Um, and we didn't want to tell you how to do that part because that depends, that's just immersion. That just depends on your personal goals and whatnot. But I would say, yes, I said to the guy, just listen to one, listen and possibly shadow, basically read aloud at the same time as reading and listening, at least to one, uh, one piece of content per day whether that's just a paragraph or a full story, 
conversation or dialogue, at least one per day, shadow it. Take it, it will take like a minute or two or three or five, depending how fast you can read. But then that's it. And, and if you do that, and that's a, that's a minimum, by the way, if you want to, if you really want to improve, just do that 20 times a day. <laughs> same, same piece of content, like just read it over and over again, 10 times, 20 times a day. And you will just, every single time you feel yourself improving. Uh, it's really quite amazing. Um, anyway, that's my just a sidebar there for anyone on the course that has access to all this material. Okay, so that's all the course updates. Let's jump into some movies that we had. Now, like I said, we had 26 movies this week. It's crazy. So I've just chosen a few that I think uh, stand out. Okay, so we've got, uh, and just some of them aren't movies, like full movies, they're just points that I, I liked. So Adam Cardellini on Make a Movie for Zong, which means a few things, but uh, it means always. It's, I guess, one of the most common meanings. He says, I was a bit stuck on the connection with always. Yes, because, of course, if you're going to make a movie in your mind with actors and props and sets that we all lay out for you, you have to you have to make basically you have to these all represent the aspects of a character. So the actors represent the opinion initial, the set, or the place where you are in your mind represents the final. The props are objects that represent the components, and the the I guess the challenging part uh, at the beginning anyway is bringing all this together and representing the meaning of the character through actions. And sometimes with characters that are have a meaning that's fairly abstract, like always, it can be difficult to come up with, again, for beginners and without any suggestions, which is, again, why your comments at the bottom of these lessons help so much. So uh, let's see how Adam handles this rather abstract meaning. He says, I was a bit stuck on the connection with always until I remember the first band I ever went and saw, and I've seen about 10 times. They have a great song called Always. It's called They're called The Butterfly Effect. I'm not a music person. I've said that to you guys before. I've never heard of The Butterfly Effect. But that doesn't matter because Adam has. And Adam has a very strong emotional and memory connection to this band and this song, I assume. Uh, so he can play that. He can even have the band playing it. He can even remember when they played it that moment and have them play that actual song. And that should be enough you know, to... Uh, carry the whole scene basically next scene is uh michael rochford on make a movie for hui which means uh to be able to uh or it can also be like to know how to rather uh, it can also be a meeting so let's see um what he went with so fade into the hulk in my ei bathroom so the bathroom would be the fourth tone i forgot to mention that uh he is preparing his body heart and mind and will for his greatest feat ever okay sorry so hui means will as in i will do that you know it's like it's talking about the future oh but michael's sort of gone about the word will in a different way so he's preparing his body heart mind and will for his greatest feat ever ever the hulk will attempt to cap a mushroom cloud with an umbrella is it possible so hui contains two components an umbrella at the top and the second part is Yun, it's a character which means cloud. Is it possible? Will he be able to do it? Can it even be done? Meet up at your nearest theater to see theater to see the most epic Hulk film ever. Don't miss it, fade to black. So that's that's great, you didn't even do it. You could even have yourself as like sort of, uh, I don't know what you would call this sort of person, but like the, the trailer guy, <laughs> it's about like a trailer for a, essentially a Hulk movie. It could even be you 
or someone else, like, a, like maybe another Avenger, like usually an extra, that's one of our techniques that we uh, suggest. He's sort of announcing and Hulk sort of beefing himself up ready. Um, that's, that's fantastic, I really like that. Another one is by uh, Deborah Driscoll on Make a Movie for Zi, which means self. She says, Ziggy Marley, that's representing the Zi aspect, um, is in the bathroom of my childhood home, happily looking in the mirror and squirting eye drops, drop would be the top part, in his eyes, so that's the, the, the bottom part, singing his song, Got to Be True to Myself. As he sings, am I, my, oh my, he sees a giant eyeball pop up behind him in the reflection behind him. It blinks at him quizzically, but he just squirts an eye drop at it and it disappears, leaving Ziggy looking at himself proudly. This was really well done as well. Very good. Um, again, I don't get everything. I don't know what MI means. I don't know what that's referring to. It doesn't really matter because Deborah does. And I still get most of the scene, so it doesn't, that would still help me if I was a user of the course. Um, yeah, self is another one that's quite abstract. And it can confuse people. Ah, self, but it's actually very easy if you go about it the right way. This is a very good one. Very good one indeed. Uh, another one by Mark Yellock said, make a movie for Gan, which means dry. Or it can also mean Gan with a fourth tone, which means to do. Um, he says, please give any feedback possible. I love this method and I want to uh, foresee any possible problems I may come across in the future. Smart man. Uh, scene for A.N. My grandmother, my grandmother's house. Props are a razor blade and a cross. I guess you mean like a crucifix. Actor for G is Guy Constantino, a family friend, a former mayor of our city. Oh, cool. His family owned a florist shop in town. How personal is that? Fantastic. Script. Guy Cosentino is standing on the front porch of my grandmother's house with flowers to deliver. He begins to warm up his voice to sing a song with the delivery, but the wind begins to blow ferociously and dries out his throat, and he begins to cough ridiculously, <laughs> okay? I decide to remind him that he should cut the stems of the flowers before placing in water. He thanks me for the reminder as he gingerly retrieves a large razor blade from his inner jacket pocket. The metallic twang of the blade's movement is stopped suddenly as the razor blade gets caught halfway on the necklace just above the enormous jewel-encrusted cross. The flowers begin immediately begin to dry and wither. I, I don't see an issue with that. I can see why you asked for feedback because it's a bit, I guess there's aspects of it that are a little bit convoluted. Um, like there's a lot of details in there that maybe they don't have a, like a, they have a purpose, but maybe not a, as direct a purpose as they could have. Um, like for example, the whole thing with the, with the flowers, like it's just, but I get what, every, there's nothing in there that doesn't belong there at all. Like I get why he did the flower thing because the, the actor guy, is a, a flor. He works in a florist shop, but you don't have to bring in uh, extra objects. Like, it's, but then again, the object that you're bringing, the flowers, are related to the keyword, and that's the only situation where you should or could can um, bring in foreign objects, like things that aren't related to the scene directly. So I don't really have an issue with this. It you show the word dry, the concept of dry a couple of times, like what well, he's got he was like coughing and the flowers wilt at the end and he sort of twang, you're showing sound effects, you're showing 
um, personal connections to Guy, like the flowers are, are personally representing aspects of him. It's all good, man. Like for your, this is one of your first scenes. I think this is really good. Um, and I wouldn't really correct anything, to be honest. So I could have just said good job and just not said all of that stuff before then, couldn't I? <laughs> well, anyway, great job, mate. Yeah, keep it up. Um, I think I just like to ramble sometimes. It just gives me, gives me uh, just something I enjoy. All right, so the next thing we've got is, um, well, this was the young lady, I think it's Kika. Kika is the young lady's name. Bizogno on Make a Movie for Ma, which means horse, and then Ma, which is question mark, and then Ma, which is the meaning of to scold someone. And I wanted to include all three of her stories. She actually sent in, uh, I think, I think she's doing a, a writing out a scene for every character she's learning, which is really impressive. And most of them are awesome. Um, so I just thought I'd read out these because it's cool to see, because th this happens a lot, because the way we've structured the characters throughout the course, you get a bunch of characters with related uh, components, and therefore, because this, the components often affect this, the pronunciation, they'll be in the same place, or they'll be using the same person, or both, and the same props. They have a lot, of, they have a lot in common, and they're right next to each other. So, a natural thing that happens is that people will create like a a series, like a TV show, like a TV series. They're all sort of. Uh, like each character is like an episode and they're all connected with each other. And this sort of does that. And I think it's, it's quite a cool thing. Um, so I just thought I'd quickly go through all of the movies, the three movies here in a row. So the first one is for Ma, which means horse, uh, she, which is made up of uh, a few different things, a few different uh, components. So she says, my sister is in her living room, third tone, watching the news about a strange event that just happened. Merlin, the wizard, would be the M, uh, was performing magic tricks in the middle of the street, causing a terrible traffic jam. An angry mounted police officer approached and without saying a word, pushed the wizard to the floor. Merlin was enraged and with a flick of his magic wand, he turned the officer's baton into a rubber square ruler and his horse into a toilet bowl. <laughs> Um, by the bystanders roared with laughter, but the policeman pulled a razor from his pocket and threw it at Merlin with such force that it split his wand into pieces. Just another day in Australia. So there's a couple of things here. You used all the props. Well done. Um, the, the the horse is sort of the main point of this. Uh, so I don't know if I would have it disappear uh, or turn into a prop. I, I, I would probably maybe have it pop up towards the end instead, um, or at least still visible in your mind's eye, just so you know that that's what the scene is about. The scene is about this horse. That's the key word, and it should be the focal point throughout, or at least part of it. But that's nitpicking, really, because maybe the the part with the horse like disappearing is the main part, right, for you, and you focus on that a lot. But just as a general rule, it's nice to have that visible throughout, or maybe it's the crescendo towards the end of the scene, rather than sort of disappearing at the beginning. Um, but yeah, overall, awesome. You <clears throat> used all the, the, the components there. All right, next from Kika is Ma, Ma, uh, which is the question mark. So it's basically the, ca the character of the horse with <clears throat> coal, like a, a square next to it, which means uh, opening or mouth. So, <clears throat> Let's see how she handles this one. My sister wants to put a love spell on the boy she really likes. She asks Merlin the wizard to help her and he agrees. He says to her, 
pay close attention and do exactly as I say. Tonight at midnight, go on the roof, which is fifth tone. That's the tone location for this character. And take with you two dried Australian spiders, a drop of saliva from your own mouth, and a hair from the tail of a black horse. Put everything in a fireproof pot and burn it. Wait, 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 says my sister in disbelief. Is this really going to work? Merlin responds in an aggravated voice. Do you want this love? Yes or no? My sister nods, nods, then do it. Okay, so there's a couple of things about this. I really like the uh, elaborateness of this. But the first thing I want to point out is having, and I believe we mentioned this somewhere in one of our videos, so having her use her own mouth. Is your mouth looking different? Because uh, you should have her mouth look decidedly different from what it usually does because every actor in every scene in every movie has a mouth, right? So yeah, the, the whole point of a prop is that it's very distinct and it's sort of separate from just normal everyday things in your mind, right? So and also this, that's one thing. Uh, so you need to make that more distinct. So maybe you have, but you, need, you didn't mention that in, in the scene. Uh, also, I don't know what the spiders are to do. Like, what sort of what I said before um, with Mark's scene, uh, the the spiders, the dried up spiders. It's like, well, what what de what direct thing do they have to do with yes or no? They don't really have a direct. They don't have to be there. Whereas with Mark's, it was sort of on the border because the flowers were related. They they were dried out, and it was related to also Mark's actor. So that sort of passes. But yours, the spiders are just sort of unrelated, right? So I would I would make sure that everything that you use is relevant uh, to your final sort of story, okay? Your final keyword connection. Uh, but other than that, I like I'm liking it. Um, the tail of a black horse. So is that what you're using? Is that the prop? The tail? Is that horse? Is that your horse prop? If if so, that's fine. If not, props need to be also consistent. You know, it needs to, if it's a horse tail, it needs to be a horse tail and everything. If it's a horse, then it's, yeah, but you might have done that already, so that's fine, just in case, sort of mention. Um, and I love the keyword connection because this is a very common use of the word yes or no, right? It's like yes or no, it's like very impatient, yes or no, what do you want? You know, it's like, <laughs> so that's that's really good at the end. Um, and overall, this is this is still very decent. I just wanted to point out a couple of important things. And the next one is Matt. So it still uses the horse component, but as you can see, you've got two mouths on the top. Yeah, okay. So the love spell my sister performed turned out to be a complete disaster. She followed the instructions to a T, but instead of falling for her, the guy despises her. She looks for Merlin and finds him in the backyard, fourth tone, preparing another magic potion. You've got you good for nothing wizard, you've ruined my life. She scolds him, so she, she, that's the key word there. The love spell did the opposite, now he hates me, she said, close to tears. That's impossible. Did you burn the two Australian spiders, two drops of saliva, one from your mouth and another from his mouth, and the hair from the horse's tail as I instructed? She asked, what? <clears throat> you never said I needed his saliva. She screamed, I didn't, oops, sorry. This is, uh, yeah, I love this how it like continues on from the story, but it's the same thing. Make sure your mouths are separate. And you're just, he, uh, from what I can see, you're just talking about mouth as a concept, but you have to have the physical objects there. So a floating mouth, that's what we suggest, or cookie monster or something that represents mouth 
it was just a floating lip. Someone also chose like the pink lipped sofa thing. It's got to be there, a physical object in front of you, two of them, two mouths floating. Can't just talk about it. And there's a lot of uh, script in this, which adds a lot of sort of uh, fun to the story. But script tends to be forgotten quite easily because at the end of the day, it's just sort of people's mouths moving. Uh, and you might forget what they said and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so what's what's vitally important is the visuals. So you need a physical object, so, you know, mentally physical. <laughs> uh, and you're showing the keyword in a fantastic way. Um, and But you're just talking about the mouth, the mouth, and the horse. You need to actually show it in there. So <clears throat> that's my only... Uh, suggestion for that one but I love the way that you've connected all these scenes together and that's something you should definitely try I wouldn't say try and do if it comes to you though if it comes to you naturally go ahead and do it all right brilliant so well done Kika keep it up so the last book movie we have today is from Xiao Tian uh, make a movie for mole now mole means a certain thing or a certain place or a certain person a certain or some person it's very abstract I'm really interested to see how Xiao Tian is going to handle it. So, location, living room of my OU set. Actor, Mel Gibson. Props, a candy bar, which is the top component, which means uh, sweet. Um, and plants, more, which is sort of mean, well, the original meaning is tree, right? So it makes sense to, to choose plants. He says, when I was a boy, my grandfather would hide candy bars in his garden for my sister and me to find. Nice, you've got a personal aspect to that. We really believed he could magically grow candy bars. I shared this story with Mel Gibson in the living room of my OU home, and he felt my story had a certain something to it that would make a touching short film that he'd like to direct. If I just read this script, that's not going to help me that much, right? But here's the cool thing. I know, or I can, I can assume, that Xiao Tian has use some acting skills in this one. Now that's that's just something that we recommend in the course. When you have a very abstract meaning, you have to rely more on acting skills. So as I was reading that, I was thinking of Mel Gibson there, um, just in his sort of director mode, just like going, there's some sort of story, like he's showing his face doing that, or like he's, he's bringing across that meaning with his gestures and his facial expressions. And that's absolutely vital when it comes to such an abstract meaning of such as this. It's, this story has a certain something to it. Yeah, 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 that's, that, that works actually. That works really well. Because rather than work, relying on like a, someone mentioned earlier in the podcast, a direct translation, you're relying on what the feeling of that concept of the meaning of the character actually is to you. Um, you know, and objectively what it is too, but you're, you're sort of manifesting it as you would uh, as, a, as a human, as, as, an understand, as, as a, someone who understands that meaning itself and you're showing it in his facial expressions. I assume you are, otherwise that would be not very helpful if it's just a script, right? I hope that's clear. I, I feel like I, I didn't explain that perfectly, but anyway, it's, 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 it's a tough one to get into. Um, <clears throat> We had a bunch of props this week, but I'll be honest with you guys, my throat is really not doing too well. I thought I'd be able to get through the rest of the podcast, but I, I, I think I think we're going to have to leave it there because I, I rambled on a bit too much early on. So I'm just going to leave it there for today, guys. Uh, you can check out the uh, show notes below 
if you'd like to see the set and the several props that we had uh, from certain people this week. Thank you very much for listening. I hope it was helpful today and uh, I'll speak to you. Oh, and also Happy New Year and Merry Christmas and all that. It's actually Christmas Day right now. (laughs) So, um, but when you listen to this, it won't be. But happy holidays and all that stuff. Happy New Year. And I will speak to you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.